Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to another episode of the Streak in the Line podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I am joined by Caroline. Caroline, how are you? Hey, what's up? Not too much. Talking about the Who's, along with Paul from the blog. Paul, how are you? Doing good. Excellent. Thank you for joining me this evening, y'all. Let's talk about the big W. Our preview podcast. I believe we all picked the Who's to win, and they did convincingly so. I would say, uh, you know, if we want to hand out some letter grades, I'm, I'm going B+. Plus. Um, maybe my A level would be unreasonable, but I think we'll, we'll get to things we saw that maybe we're not excited about yet. But a, a strong B plus, uh, without reasoning and just grading like the worst kind of teachers. Paul, what grade are you giving the Who's? I'm gonna go B minus. Ooh, okay. We'll get to we'll get to why in a second. And Caroline. Well, um, I was gonna say A minus, but then I look like the. Like the easy teacher everyone signs up for. Well, Caroline, we are talking about UVA here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say A minus for, yeah, I'll get into it later. I think it's totally fair. I think we're all relatively in the same wheelhouse. Maybe it says more about us uh, that we, we all three watch the same game, with the exception, of course, of most of the second quarter. Thanks. ESPN. Maybe, uh, it, maybe it was the Lightning's fault. No, it was the whole system was down, right? Uh, all of watching yeah, was was giving everybody yeah. issues on opening season because that's how it works. But went back, watched the replay, which helped, was very helpful uh, in watching my favorite play of the game, which was uh, something I uh, got into some good Twitter discussions about, but the, uh, the calling of the fair catch on the onside kick yeah. uh, in Indiana uh, tried after it, it, it was a ballsy move. Indiana, sorry, Richmond. After Richmond scored on the pick six, they uh, they tried to surprise the Hoos poorly with the popping the ball in the air onside kick because that opens the door to uh, calling a fair catch with the true freshman. Multiple guys around him, uh, included, called onside kick, waved for uh, the fair catch meaning he couldn't be hit. I'm rambling. That was my favorite play, but that's my first question for you guys. It was a heads-up, awesome play to see actual special teams, excellence, and smart decisions. Paul, what was your favorite play from the Richmond game? I was a big fan of the Mandy Alonzo sack. Yeah. Uh, I felt like that was what got the defense started. Uh, I I generally liked how they responded to the pick six, starting with, with that heads-up play on – on the, the onside kick to make sure they got the ball back and got a chance to go do something with it and, and reset the momentum a little bit. But I felt, it felt like the, the, the sack by Alonzo was 
sort of the, the wake up call for the, for the rest of the defense. And after that, they were off and running with a, a really dominant performance. You know, it's under, under 25 yards total rushing for the game. Um, that's pretty impressive for a team that where the defensive line was one of the bigger question marks coming in, even going against an FCS team and even, you know, in, in after getting out to a, a fairly decent lead, um, holding a team to less than two first downs on the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's tough to do. Uh, so, and, and I felt like it was, it was keyed by a lot of the defensive line play after the Alonzo sack um, really, really woke him up and got him going. Absolutely. He's going to be huge. I think both physically and, <laughs> yeah, and relatively to the momentum of, of and the success of the D line. I mean, they've got to find a way to get pressure with rotating at most. It's looking like six guys and that's being optimistic about Dylan Thompson, you know, finding his, his uh, new team and new scheme and, and doing well enough to get into the rotation. Uh, Caroline, what, was your favorite play? Yeah, and the bounce back factor, I, I liked Perkins' first touchdown run um, just from after giving up the pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite one was actually um, Alameda Zacchaeus's break the tackles for the touchdown. And I say that because it's something that he had talked about wanting to work on this season is the yards after catch. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that just shows, and we know what Oz can do, like, we've seen it before in multiple games, but to see that this early um, it showed to me the strength and conditioning that the guys have been doing has been very successful in this off season. I think as a whole, they looked extremely well conditioned. Um, <laughs> and if that's the right word for it, you know, sure. like they, they, they seemed very fit. Um, yeah. Always good. And something that is very nice to see in the first game. Um, and then I just really liked I just thought it was a fun play. Like, I just liked it. It shows what Oz can do. Yep. The, running, the running touchdowns were all awesome. It's really – I don't even know if I've really understood yet, like, what exactly having a guy like Bryce, per- Bryce Perkins brings to the offense mm-hmm. um, because we haven't had something like that in forever. So, like, the stats about the last time a quarter for UVA had 100 yards rushing was Jamil Sewell in 2009. And Jamil Sewell was also the last quarterback to have two rushing, uh, rushing touchdowns, which was also in 2009. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's, oh, my God, nine years ago. You know what I mean, like, it's been a while. It's been a hot second since we've had that kind of ability. Um, yeah, I think to your point about them looking, you know, like they've, they've gone through some successful strength and conditioning is something that really stood out to me, uh, that they look like a D1 team from a Power 5 conference playing against an FCS opponent. Uh, they looked faster, they looked bigger, they looked yeah. stronger, and they performed like it. And that was really just refreshing to see. Because <laughs> yeah. right. uh, they've, they've beaten FCS teams over these down years over the last decade, and certainly they've lost to some of them as well. <laughs> but they, they never looked dominant in, in, in just the physical aspects of the game. You know, co- coaching, I have no issues with. Um, you know, some individual plays here and there, but just the overall roster looked legitimate. And that's really, you know, gives me some optimism to, to them performing better through the rest of the year. Like, um, did you see Ellis's quads on the touchdown run <laughs> that he like danced on the sideline? Strong as shit. Yeah. I was like, good Lord, look at those legs. And yeah. he obviously we like, Stringing the Lawn is very pro Ellis 
pro Jordan Ellis. Let's not go crazy about Matt Ellis. I'm just kidding. Love you, man. Um, <laughs> but like, we've always talked about Jordan Ellis and like what he brings to the team and how talented he is and how much like last year we we're like, give him the ball. That, that is my um, banner. That is, I, <laughs> exactly. I, I am leading the parade of the Jordan Ellis appreciation. <laughs> but I, when he club. danced along that sideline and those like thighs just were like, boom, boom, but like get out of the way. I was just like, this is, he's going to score 50 touchdowns. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Well, it definitely uh, brings me to a new segment I want to throw out here this season for our football recaps. Uh, maybe we'll carry it along to basketball. <laughs> but I'm just going to – I want to steal the, the hockey uh, setup to, to post-game analysis, and I think we should hand out some stars. I have three stars of the game. So we're going we're gonna to call this our three stars of the game segment. Do you guys like that title? I do. I think it's, it's really right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I thought long and hard about it. My star of the game, because uh, I get to go first, is Jordan Ellis. And I know there might be some other obvious ones to go with, but as the leader of the Jordan Ellis, should get more touches forever and ever. Amen. Uh, fan club, that's our official name. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, he, he, he got plenty of touches. He rushed for 100 yards. He Did you know UVA has never had a quarterback and running back rush for a hundred yards in the same game and a receiver receive for a hundred yards in the same yeah. game ever. Right. I know. Ever. And I know most of the UVA quarterbacks, most of the successful ones haven't been necessarily the most mobile, but that's still pretty astounding that they pulled. I feel like that's the kind of record Bill Dudley would have set by himself. Like, right. Yeah. Right, right. Dudley does everything. <laughs> records. It's like threw it, caught it, then, yeah. Not only that, I think what's true is that they've never had someone rush for over 100 yards at quarterback and have someone do either of those other things, <laughs> collect. Uh, I'm going to get stat boy to check on that, but I'm pretty sure it's true. We'll follow back up. <laughs> but anyway, Jordan Ellis was just absolutely dominant, and the O-line gets a lot of credit for that, but he was also much stronger than anybody trying to bring him down. I don't know what his yards after uh, you know, first contact were, but they, they certainly were significant. And it was obvious by the second half that Richmond was just tired of trying to stop them. <laughs> Not that they were having much success even when they tried. But it was a dominant, awesome performance. And it speaks really highly to the potential uh, that he brings in, in, in distracting from Perkins's mobility, uh, hope, helping Perkins find open receivers because, you know, hopefully they're focused on Ellis in the box and just really being able to, to grind out some games and, and not, you know, get into shootouts and, and things like that, which is the way that teams who are trying to outperform their roster and outperform expectations should be playing. So hopefully it, it makes me more optimistic uh, for the rest of the year, but we'll get to that later. Paul, why don't, uh, why don't you get into some of your star? Handing yeah, I'll, out? I'll follow up with the, uh, on the Mandy Alonzo shout out by giving mine to Aaron Falmui. Um, the other uh, defensive line when they would go to a lot of uh, the two four five set, um, which was a, I thought an, both a creative scheme look uh, from Bronco Mendenhall to only use two defensive linemen at a time uh, to help keep guys keep that thin group rested. Uh, but for Falmui making his you know collegiate debut, uh, I thought he put in a very very strong performance uh, along alongside Alonzo in that. Uh, that two-man front, uh, and I think that's going to be key. It, it's it's 
it part of part of why I liked it so much is that it's indicating there is a uh, sort of flexibility of approach uh, in this year's team, perhaps more so than in in the years past, even even under Mendenhall. Uh, and I think some of that has to do with they have more guys who have gotten up to speed more quickly. They have each individual player, especially the older ones, are more comfortable with uh, the systems that they're running so they can do a little bit more creative stuff. Mendenhall has been very explicit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's an indication that while we know that that, that is – you know, there are question marks. Uh, the team, the, the coaching staff is putting their guys in positions to uh, either minimize the um, minimize the weaknesses or, or in, in this case, maximize the strengths, the strengths of the team being outside linebackers and, and defensive backs. Uh, and so going, putting, you know, seven of those guys on the field uh, gives you the chance to, to really use the athleticism to your advantage. So Falmui only had one tackle, uh, but that's not really what you're necessarily always looking for mm-hmm. in a defensive lineman. I thought uh, he and Alonzo as a team uh, worked really, really well to disrupt Richmond's passing game, which was really all it had going. Um, and I thought that was it, – it put the defensive backs in positions to make big plays, but it, it started with those two guys up front. Uh, and and Falmui deserves a recognition for doing it in his first time on the field. All right. Very convincing. Well-spoken. Caroline, can you give us a convincing, well-spoken third star? Uh, That well-spoken? Probably not. (laughs) uh, More rambling? Sure. I think this one's the easiest, and thank you, gentlemen, for leaving me this one. Uh, (laughs) i got to give mine wholeheartedly to Bryce Perkins, making his debut for the Cavaliers. Um, 185 yards in the air with two touchdowns. 108 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. Um, I can't think of a debut in the last decade that comes close to being as impressive just in a and, – and it is a little unfair in some senses because it's not like there was any opportunity for Kurt Benkert to have a b- debut like that. Like, mm-hmm. no offense to Kurt, but he's not going to rush for 100. Matt Johns versus yeah. UCLA. That was also a very good <laughs> no, <it was laughs> But I, good. I mean, that was like a half. Even that, maybe that's more impressive with like a half. But I, I just think there was a combination of he's gone through a lot. You can read about, you know, you, you, everyone knows his story with the, the Arizona State. He got injured, spent a couple years at junior college. Mm-hmm. And he's worked extraordinarily hard to get back to this point. And frankly, the expectations were and are very high. Like people expected, maybe not quite to the level that he performed on Saturday, but expected something similar. Like mm-hmm. they expected to see a guy who was fast. They expected to see a guy who could make plays on the ground and in the air. There's still maybe some questions about accuracy and arm strength, but he showed that he can um, find his receivers. He had he made, connected on over 50% of his passes. And uh, honestly, it was also really nice showing for the receivers, I thought. Hasee Dubois, who had one of the uh, receptions, uh, touchdown receptions, uh, made a nice move and broke a tackle to get his touchdown, as I already mentioned about um, mm-hmm. Oz and the stuff he did. But I just think for the first drive, what's outstanding until that pick six, I think all the fans were like, oh, here we go again. Like, losing to Richmond, 7 nothing. But well, it does take some They had reason off. to. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely. But I think it does take a lot. Because it's got to suck for him, too. You know, yes. like I said, he's got oh, yeah. all this stuff, come back. And they had a great drive going where they were doing basically whatever they wanted. And it was just a rushed, forced play that Richmond took advantage of to their credit. 
so I think him coming back and settling down and just dominating the rest of the game, uh, I'm just really excited. And I think you couldn't have asked for – he's fast. Like that, I watched the yeah. highlights again, and I was like, oh, shit, man, he is fast. <laughs> uh, obviously, I missed, again, a lot of the second quarter. Thanks, ESPN. I hate you. Um, but re-watching some of those highlights, a lot of his rushing was in the first half, and he only had a yard in the second, but obviously he didn't play the full second half. But um, So just some of the stuff that he did, the cuts he made, and, man, you've got to – like, that keeps a defense honest. You know what I mean? Like, sure. they got to figure out what they want to do. And if you don't fo- stop him, he's got Jordan Ellis there run down your throat. And if you – give them the space he's going to take the time and find one of the receivers i, I think it's a great start you can ask much more about it. all right and uh, i heard back from step boy twice uva has had a, a running back rush for 100 yards when the quarterback has rushed for 100 yards that they've never had a receiver get 100 yards receiving in a game a qb has rushed for 100 yards uh, regardless of anybody running back. The, it, that, that's happened twice, though, the running back quarterback. Um, do you guys want to take a shot at naming any of those four players involved? No. I'll give you a hint. And Terry Kirby. No. No, I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. I'm Matt only Shaw. confident you've heard of one of them, of those can four. We get a, can we get a decade? If you want, uh, one of those games was in the 60s, and the other was in the 1970s. All right, I'm out. It's not Matt Schaub. So, <laughs> no. Quail. Quail is correct. Quail. The and, QB. And I don't know. I'm just going to keep naming. Gene first. Arnett was the quarterback when Frank Quail did it in 67. And in 75, it was QB Scott Gardner and Billy Copeland, who... Those are people I've definitely heard of. Uh, Yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, an impressive performance on the offensive and defensive and special teams all around. We gave out those grades earlier. Uh, They weren't obviously all A-pluses, so why don't we talk a little bit about some question marks that remain, whether it be a negative you saw in the Indiana or the Richmond game or uh, something that, uh, you're, you you just didn't get your uh, concerns assuaged <laughs> about, you know, it was something you saw poorly uh, done or something that you're just not comfortable being confident about. Um, Paul, what, what kind of question marks do you see? Uh, I, the offensive line play worried me. Um, per, yeah. Perkins got those, those two long scores um, and Ellis got a long run and, and Zacchaeus scored on a long pass, but it was, broken play things they were making something happen as as the defense uh kind of was was in on them a little bit closer than than i would have been comfortable with so how many of the, the number of yards that ellis was getting after contact is impressive if you ignore the fact that it had to be after contact mm-hmm. um so yeah. i i i was concerned that a, a team like richmond was able to to disrupt as much as they were in the backfield. Um, there were, I think some of it was as the teams, as the, they started to try and mix and match a little bit on the offensive line. I, I noticed a couple of series, Ryan Swoboda was in mm-hmm. left tackle. Um, and I think that was, that was a little bit of what, what, you know, we think we've got our best five. Let's see if there are other combinations that look good. And they didn't. Um, and so, Taylor coming off. Yeah, exactly. When, when Feeler tweaked yeah. his you know knee or ankle or whatever it was, um, it it definitely 
started the like the the kind of oh shit snowball um it felt like a little bit with the offensive line uh so i think they'll get there i mean the, you know the good thing is that uh, ryan swoboda every all of the the coverage has said he's you know he's the left tackle of the future i just think the future is not right now um it's it's good that we've still got the more veteran right side of the line to hold things down while you know, he can continue to develop. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if even by the end of this year, but certainly by next year, you see Ryan Nelson kick over to the right side as more of a run blocking tackle um, and let Swoboda's tall frame anchor the, the blind side. But for now, it's, it's still my biggest question mark, uh, and we'll see how an aggressive, fairly talented Indiana defense um, can do against it next week. All right, Caroline. Um, yeah, so I guess – I'm going to have to say kicking um, sure. just because they did have an opportunity for not one that wasn't like an extraordinarily taxing. I forget what the actual distance. I think it was like high thirties. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that's, I'm not to the point yet where I'm like, Oh my God, the kicking was still terrible. Cause it wasn't really badly missed. Um, but it is just something that has been consistently a question mark. And it appears at least for the time being that it will still be a question mark. Um, that said, I did think, like you mentioned, special teams, I thought was pretty, pretty solid all day. I thought they made good choices, which I'm always a fan of. Um, but I'll, I'm going to clarify something that I said in the post game that I got a little bit of flack for from some of our readers, which is fair. It's fine. We like to hear from you all. Um, I mentioned just a couple questions about the secondary. And I think part of it is because like, I am so bullish on this group that there were a couple plays or moments when I refreshed the game feed um thanks ESPN I hate you uh where I was like 54 yard pass like how is this what are we doing here and I will I give credit to the Richmond quarterback he had accuracy and put some nice throws together um but there's just a couple plays where I thought that they should have made the play Mm -hmm. um and against one of the things that in the past couple seasons has concerned me is Virginia giving up big plays and I I have a hard Mm -hmm. time forgetting Louisville and Notre Dame and like come at some of those things Um, so maybe that's just recency bias and PTSD kicking in where it's like we can't give up big plays when we play teams that like when we get them to a point where we can beat them Um, but overall I do think that the secondary had some outstanding moments obviously there were two interceptions and I think that there was just a couple moments that gave me pause where I'm like I want these guys to make this play um yeah there were a couple chunk plays here and there and also I mean they they got a little lucky there was definitely one throw in the end zone to the left that uh a a better team's wide receiver is coming down with easily you know I saw some defensive backs just happened to be in the right spot, which is, you know, half of playing. (laughs) But certainly it was, um, it was, it was good fortune to have a few of those fall incomplete uh, just because the receiver didn't catch it. So I know what you mean. I give the unit as a whole a B plus. I I just think that there were, and again, this is partially because I was so like, they're the best secondary in the country. And I don't think that they showed me all of that. And I don't think it's something that is concerning like they can't do it. It just, mm-hmm. there were a couple more breakdowns than I thought I was going to see. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, my question mark is the defensive line and what you were getting into Paul earlier about how the sack uh, in the second half really turned the momentum. It's because of that first half that they, they just didn't really look uh, as strong as the rest of the units were lining up against their FCS opponent. And obviously we knew that was going to be a question mark 
for the team based on the roster and based on the, the numbers. Um, you know, I thought they, they maintained their question mark status <laughs> overall uh, and looked better towards the end of the game. And you saw when they played better as a unit, the results for that, that, that Rich, they forced Richmond into more mistakes uh, in the passing game, where maybe they were not forcing the most, those mistakes earlier, which led to some of those trunk throws uh, that they were getting. Just not very many points uh, in addition to those strength throws. But so we're all obviously pretty happy with the result. And we, we, why don't we turn our focus to the Indiana team that I've been uh, slipping into naming a couple times already tonight. But uh, the, the first road game of the season is Saturday night in Indiana, a team that won their opener uh, against uh, Florida International, I believe. And, you know, Indiana beat the Hoos pretty significantly last year. Uh, Broncos team actually outgained them in yardage, I, I think it's true, um, but lost, uh, I believe, 34-17 at Scott Stadium. The last time the Hoos went to Indiana is a game that will, will be hard to forget because of how it ended uh, with uh, Mike Rocco leading the team to a game-tying touchdown and conversion, and then Cam Johnson with a minute left and Indiana trying to win the game decided that the football was his football and he just took it from the quarterback, uh, setting up a game winning field goal. So, uh, we've had success there a lot, a lot, a lot has, uh, passed by us since then. Uh, wh- what are you guys thinking about Indiana? Did you get to dig into their first game at all? Uh, I know we talked about them a little bit in our preview, obviously, but how are you feeling about the matchup, Paul? Uh, better than I was a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, both because of what I've seen from Virginia, but also the news out of Bloomington that I think they're down to like two soccer players and a goat for their running backs. Um, that, and a kid from Richmond, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see if, if that opens the door for Ronnie Walker or not, but losing, <laughs> losing Cole Guest to a, um, a knee injury after suspending indefinitely their starter Ellison, um, that's all of a sudden a lot less scary <laughs> um, than a, a rushing attack that Virginia really struggled with last year. Um, you know, the fact that they'll, they'll still have Peyton Ramsey, the quarterback that, that mm-hmm. gave Virginia trouble uh, is, is um, enough to, to not make it a think It's a cupcake or anything like that, but you know, it's, it's still a power five team on the road. Uh, but the fact that, that there'll be, a whole bunch of question marks in the backfield trying to carry the ball in what I saw this evening is looking like it's going to be just a torrential downpour Mm -hmm. hurricane type game. Um, If you're trying to run an option based offense with running backs, that don't have as many reps with the starting quarterback that starts to open up a whole bunch of more possibilities for things to go wrong when the ball is wet. So um, I, it's, it's, I I feel like UVA could win. I feel better about UVA's chances to win a clean game than I did a week ago. I feel really good about UVA's chances to win a weird sloppy game. Um, Are you predicting a W? Uh, shh. Um, I, uh, uh, no, I'm going to predict what? a sloppy, crazy game that we will all enjoy and – I only enjoy we'll have a good time. Like that's I'm I'm predicting fun and and mirth. So I think you just predicted a win. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. No one predicts a fun time that ends in a loss. Right. Oh, yeah. I just get lawyered. I think I got yeah. lawyered. 
Yep. All right. It's the law of the podcast. Counselor Darney, uh, your impressions of Indiana. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't hear me, but I was nodding to everything Paul was saying. Um, all of that is true. You know, Ramsey is a great quarterback. He had three touchdowns and three touchdown passes and an interception in the first game against um, FIU. They only won by 10, which actually kind of surprised me a little bit when I was going back and looking. But, I mean, not to nitpick. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know which, you know, personnel they had in the field late in the second half or whatever else. So They definitely uh, played a, a young quarterback a bunch, uh, but he played really well. Yeah. So it wasn't really uh, his name. is Michael Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Tough With the next. That's tough stuff. That's all um, I'm saying. So I think it'll be exactly what Paul said. It's definitely in Virginia's favor with the weather. Uh, Granted, I mean, if we're trying to also run the ball a lot, which I think is going to be the case a lot this year, uh, we would also prefer for, you know, the weather will also affect Virginia in that sense. Um, But the idea of if we take away the run game or they're not as strong in the run game and they're now forced to pass, the secondary like I said I do feel very strongly about that's a much better situation to try and force a team to throw the ball in bad weather um so I think I I, I'm changing my preseason prediction which I had said this was going to be a loss on the road uh I am changing to a W here for the Hoos you poor poor misguided fools have how long have you all been UVA fans (laughs) I know it's long (laughs) <laughs> and after one good win, now you both are on the the magical optimism train to happinessville. Well, that train doesn't exist for us children. <laughs> it's never existed. No, I, I'm not changing my pick. Uh, we're going to lose. Um, but. <laughs> so sad sounding. But I do think that the rain sets up well because Indiana really is struggling defending the run really, really is. And UVA looks like they can do it very well. So I'm not as pessimistic at our third chances. I certainly wouldn't put money on it in any direction because I'm not an idiot. So I don't bet on UVA sports (laughs) (laughs) to begin with, but also I, I, you know, I won't be shocked if the who's managed to win. And I don't think I, I was that, uh, uh, that that optimistic <laughs> before the year, uh, but now I'm going to stick with the L just because I think it, Indiana still is a good team that that can probably put up some points uh, even in a hurricane. Uh, but we'll see. I think you know we, we, uh, the whole fan base couldn't be more pleased probably with how things worked out against Richmond. And I think uh, looking at how Ohio played, uh, which we'll get to next week though. Um, there, yeah. Is is probably looking more like a, a W than than as many people were uh, saying beforehand. Hey, now man. Liberty Liberty hung like four hundred points on ODU though, so you know <laughs> that, that maybe that's no gimme uh, late in the season. So we can readjust some season long predictions uh, before uh, we close things up. Uh, one more fill in the blank about the Indiana game for you guys. Uh, you're most excited to see blank this Saturday night, Paul. Uh, I want to see continued touchbacks on kick. It's weird. I know, but the fact that Brian Delaney can just put it all the way through the back of the end zone and not give the defense a short field to have to defend. uh, That's not something that's been much of the case for the last few years. It even wasn't the case with him last year. Uh, So continue. That's, I think that was a, 
a big part of, of why Virginia had as much success as it did uh, on Saturday was it was in, it was in good positions. Um, you know, the only, the only time there was a turnover, it didn't end up resulting in an offensive possession. Um, so it, you know, the, the defense, <laughs> you know, didn't have to, uh, didn't have to work with his back against the wall and uh, continuing to see Brian Delaney do that. And hopefully seeing a little bit better from Lester Coleman. Uh, he did better late in the game, but uh, I remember there, there was a punt early in the, the third quarter from the nine uh, that only got out to the 35, 36, 37, something like that, which is absolutely not what you want. Yeah. That one uh, broke my heart. Yeah. But I, I'm still, I'm as always excited to see the Lester Coleman pain train when it happens. <laughs> uh, every game further into the season we go is, is one game closer to it happening because it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so Brian Delaney touchbacks, Lester Coleman pain train, special teams, hashtag team kick. All right. Caroline, most excited uh, to see blank. So this is going to be a combo thing with the offensive line plus Jordan Ellis slash Bryce Perkins, because as we talked about extensively already, you know, getting yards on the ground is great. It's important. We want to do that more. Give the ball to Jordan. Run a lot. Score touchdowns. Um, but I want to see this happen against a Power 5 team. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, no offense to our good friends in Richmond. Um, but it's not – it's a little, it's a level of competition where Virginia should have been doing what they did for Richmond. So I want to see a comparable or encouraging performance against – a power five team. And I think that that would be, if they do that, I think they win the game. Honestly, that's going to be, especially with the weather uh, as it's predicted now. So I want to see that. And I'm excited to see if they can just run all over Indiana and their terrible rush defense. We will find out Saturday night on some random channel that none of us get. Yeah. People listening, don't assume this is going to be streamed. Um, Clear it with the bar ahead of time. Yes. Definitely the channel. Recliner with your glass of scotch on the rocks, and your pipe, and your smoking jackets, and I'm sure you all watch Virginia football and um, and assume that you're just going to be able to pull. Thank it up. you for reinforcing every other fan base's stereotype. <laughs> you are welcome. Virginia fan, how Virginia fans oh, watch football? Like Why would you drink scotch on the rocks? Like I don't know. You can't ruin good scotch with all that. <laughs> Zeba is what I go for. Ruin good scotch because there's no such thing. But well, that's a. That's, that's the dumbest that's opinion I've heard game. on this podcast. All right, we'll get, we'll have a Scotch podcast later where I yell at Paul for his <laughs> terrible taste in alcohol. Uh, but until then, <laughs> and, and until uh, we'll, certainly will be a, a preview of the Ohio game next week, and hopefully discussions that the Who's are two and out would be certainly a pleasant and excellent surprise. Uh, but we'll find out Saturday night and uh, plenty of preview and analysis to come on the blog. So stay tuned to streakingalon.com and see you next week. Thanks. Go Hoops.
to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. The iPhone 10R is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone 10R on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 